Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Not only did we get a brand new episode of Miss Marvel that was pretty damn good, we also got a new entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe lineup, Thor Love and Thunder. I went and saw it. Look, they had uh, early screenings in my city. They had some 4 o'clocks. I've never seen 4 o'clock showings for a Thursday movie. I've only seen like 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you know, but I've never seen them that early. I guess they're expecting this movie to do a whole lot this weekend. Child, I went and saw it, and I got thoughts, okay? Good bad, indifferent. I got thoughts, okay? It's your weekly bonus episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me.
Oh, hi, everybody. Listen, my heart is still pounding right now. You know, I saw Thor Love and Thunder today, but when I got home, I had to eat me a little pizza, and then I watched the newest episode of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Strip X Wives Club. That episode got my heart racing, okay? One, Phaedra Parks is the funniest person on TV still. And folks is mad about it. Y'all gonna have to be mad because she's still funny. I'm sorry. Not only did she have Dubai last night, but she also had Real Housewives Ultimate Girls trip today. Phaedra's winning, okay? Y'all gotta get on board. Phaedra's winning. She's coming back. I don't know when, but she's coming back. You know who I hope doesn't come back? Dorinda Medley. Dorinda Medley is on my damn nerves and always has been. This is a secret that only my closest of Bravo friends know. I've always hated Dorinda. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Hate me. I don't care. Sorry. Never liked her. I've always thought Dorinda was unnecessarily mean for no reason. See, the fans gassed Dorinda up. Dorinda, her first season, amazing housewife. But as it went on, she knew that the fans liked to see her go directly after Sonya and I was about to say Sanya, child. I'm thinking of the wrong damn housewives. Sonya Morgan and all of them. She loved to see them go after them, like, in the most vicious, nasty way. See, look, y'all know me. I love a villain. I love a villain, okay? I love a villain. Dorinda Medley is not a villain. Dorinda Medley is just mean. She's just mean and nasty, and she just, she's always, she gets mad at Jill for looking for a moment, but Dorinda's always looking for a moment, too. It's just weird. I don't know. It's a lot. Like Monty said, y'all know my friend Monty of Mixed With Monty. Doing this season at Bluestone Manor was a choice, okay? It was a choice. See, I'm giving y'all a little bit of reality TV talk because y'all know Monday was a holiday, so I didn't put out a new reality episode. So I'm giving y'all just a little bit of reality chat before I go on to my thoughts about love and thunder. Listen, I know that Brandy and Dorinda are two sides of the same damn coin, but Brandy, I feel like, you know, I feel like I can go get a cocktail with Brandy. Like, Brandy's a friend. You got to tell her, okay, girl, like, be nice. We're about to go in here. You know, it's a lot of folk in here you don't fuck with, but that's okay. Just be nice. Be nice, Brandy. Be nice to the people. I like these people, okay? And, you know, y'all would be nice. I ain't never mean. And then she cuss everybody out. And, you know, that's that's Brandy. Like, you know, but you can still go get a cocktail with her afterwards if they boot you out because she ain't trying to go home. She ain't trying to have a good time. Dorinda is a perpetual victim. And Dorinda, the reason she got fired is because she's never in the wrong. And the problem is she's always in the wrong, okay? Dorinda Medley is always wrong. There hasn't been one single instance on this show where Dorinda was not wrong, but she made herself out to be the victim anyway. And she always tried to bring other people into it to make it seem like that one person's crazy. But it's like, no, you you just as bad, Dorinda. I don't know. Dorinda's on my list. My heart's beating fast. I can't do this anymore, okay? Let me move on to my thoughts about the new Marvel entry, Thor Love and Thunder, because I really did enjoy it. So let me talk about it. So let me just kind of start with my overall thoughts. Overall, if I had to rank it, you know, one out of 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best, it's a solid seven and a half for me. Solid seven and a half. And you know what? As an actual movie, it's great. My issue with the Thor movies, I you know, y'all, y'all know me by now. Y'all follow me on social media, so y'all know. Thor, the movies aren't necessarily my vocation. They're not my journey, not my jam. You know, I I love the character of Thor. I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. 
butt and you would well, you you get to see a little Chris Hemsworth ass in this movie too and that's always a good time. Actually, you know what? Let me bump it up to an eight, okay? <laughs> that ass alone gets bumped up 0.5, okay? So I'm gonna give it an eight. This movie the problem is so the first two I didn't enjoy either of the first Thor movies. The first one, fine. The second one, abysmal. Thor Ragnarok, considerably better than the first two, but the tonal shift is so like dramatic that it almost feels like it's not an entry in the Thor movies. It feels like an entirely different, like it was like, okay, y'all start from scratch. Cause they not feeling the shit <laughs> dark world. They, they keep putting it, they keep putting it at the bottom of the list. Like we gotta, we gotta figure it out what's going on. And so they were like, okay, let's just bring in a new director. We go figure this shit out. So don't get me wrong. Love Thor Ragnarok, rock, watched it today. It was, uh, how do I describe it? It's the definition of a fun movie. So that's what I'll say about it. It's a fun movie. Very, I feel like the stakes are high, but like they don't allow you to have a serious moment ever in the movie. And so like there are serious moments, but it's like, it's all surrounded by jokes. So you never get to like feel that like, oh my God, Asgard is really in trouble. Ragnarok is actually happening. You never get to feel that because it's always like, oh, joke after joke after joke. And so with that being said, the movies are very well received. Okay. It, it's a, you know, people love Taika Waititi. They love uh, Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Paul. They love these movies. So this one, I expect to be in the same tone. I do think, oh boy. I think it's an improvement on Ragnarok. I think I do prefer it over Ragnarok. So it'll it'll definitely be one that I have in rotation when it, you know they put it on when they put it on Disney Plus child. I'm probably not gonna buy it now, but you know, when they put it on Disney Plus, I'm gonna keep my subscription catch. So, you know, when they put it on there, it'll be in my, you know, my my weekly, you know, rot okay, let me put on a little Thor Love and Thunder. I don't know if I'm gonna wear it out like I wear out Multiverse of Madness. And I know some of y'all hated Multiverse of Madness, but that's my jam, okay? I love that damn movie. Anything with Elizabeth Olsen getting to go a damn fool, sign me up, okay? Listen, Thor Love and Thunder from start to finish had about 500 jokes in the movie. I felt like if they took it down from like 500 to like maybe like 350. I feel like it would have really heightened this movie for me. Like, cause I feel like this movie was supposed to be like this big epic, but it really just felt like a comedy surrounding superheroes. Like it almost felt like the boys, but not nearly as graphic as the boys. If that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like you'll, you'll definitely understand what I'm saying when you go see this movie. Oh boy. I really liked it though. I may even go see it again this weekend. Cause you know, I like to see something two times before I really like be, you know, go in on it. So I really did enjoy. I, I love all the characters. I love the guys that they introduced. I love the post credit scenes. They're pretty good. Well, one was pretty good. The other one was okay, whatever, but just stick around. There are two. So make sure you don't leave the theater. Child. You sit your ass down. You ain't got nowhere to be. Probably got a PP just PP during the movie. Don't PP during the scenes, okay? So, I I will say that I think of the Thor movies, it's my favorite. I don't know how much that's saying, but it's definitely my favorite of the Thor movies. I think I, I think it's safe to say that. I love they they got a little gay child. You know, I I like that they. 
you know, they, they weren't afraid to be a little LGBTQIA element of PQRSTUV. You know, we like that. We like that Marvel isn't afraid to say the letters anymore. You know, the Alphabet Mafia, they'll get your ass. If you, you know, so they're not afraid to do that no more. So I like that. Um, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. Obviously, this is a character from one of the most, like, legendary Thor runs in comics. Like, uh, it's the, oh, God, what is it? God of Thunder. Those comics is when we uh, meet Gore the God Butcher. And Gore's a great character. I mean, that's, with him being, like, the main antagonist in this movie, I don't know. It just felt like there was an opportunity to have, like, a different tonal kind of change in this movie where it was a little more, a little more serious. Like he, I know his scenes were, you know, a little darker than the others, but you know, I don't know. I'm going to let y'all judge. Y'all tell me. I, I don't want y'all to, I don't want to come across that. I didn't enjoy the movie. I really did. It was a really fun movie, but the Thor movies, they're fun. Ragnarok was fun. This one was fun. Very low stakes. I, it, it felt good to have that at the same time that Miss Marvel is airing. Because Miss Marvel, we're getting a lot with that, but it's not like the super dark and heavy. Like you know, it's it's us on the journey with a teenage girl really discovering herself. Who's a lot of you know, a lot of people may not be familiar with a lot of cultural aspects of her life. We're getting to learn right along with her. We're getting to see how similar her life is to ours, whether we're the same race, religion, color, creed, any of that. We're all seeing, I, like, I've seen so many similarities in Miss Marvel, and I feel like Thor was a good compliment for that. Like, I don't know if I wanted, like, a, a Moon Knight, you know, movie to come out when Miss Marvel, like, that's, that's a lot, child. That's gonna take you to, whoo! Take you real heavy, real fast, child. I don't know if I want that now, but he, Christian Bale, great gore. I think he did a great job, but I even think if they wanted to go darker with that character, I would have loved that too. But I think that Marvel, one of the things, you know, Marvel gets critiqued all the time because it's the biggest thing in the world. So of course it's going to get critiqued by everybody and their mama and their grandmammy too. So I will say the thing that I love about Marvel that I think they do better than almost everybody else is that they really do a great job of creating villains that you really sympathize with and villains that you're really like, you know what? I kind of fuck with you. Like I kind of like, I ain't trying to, you know, I ain't trying to lose my car to heaven, but like, I get it. Like, I, I feel where you coming from. I smell what you're stepping in. Like, you, <clears throat> listen, if y'all don't know Gore, uh, some of y'all might not know anything about the character. So I'm gonna let y'all go in blind. But I think very early on in the movie, they do a good job of setting him up and kind of giving us a reason of being like, you know what? This is a compelling villain. I know I shouldn't be rooting for him, but damn it, I get it. I understand why he's so angry. I understand why he's on this mission. I understand it all. Very Thanos, very Killmonger. You know, Marvel does some good villains, okay? So that's one of the good things about them. Um, What else I want to talk about with this movie? Let me touch briefly on the post credit scenes. There are two of them, like I told you. And remember, this is a spoiler-free review. I'm not trying to spoil anything. Um... One was a lot better than the other one. One of them was sentimental, so I get it. Okay, you know, I live, whatever. Um, The other one set up a lot in the MCU to come. But what I want to talk about is the actor choice 
that they got to play this particular character. We get introduced to a character that we've been hearing rumors about for God knows how long. Keyword God knows how long. So it's okay. Listen, I love this actor. Great choice. I'm sure he's going to do great and stuff like that. But he literally would have been one of the last people I expected to play this character in the MCU. Just it, it really kind of caught me off guard, especially when you know who he's playing. It's like, oh, I mean, personality-wise, he's going to nail this character. So don't get it twisted. He's going to be an amazing actor. He's going to do the role justice. But I, I just never, like, that was, I don't know. It kind of makes me think of these rumors about uh, Howard Stern playing Dr. Doom might be, child, it might be legitimate. I don't know. Listen. Marvel been scaring me a lot, so I, I just mind my business, child. I don't I don't say nothing to nobody. I keep to myself. I keep it moving, and I just, whew, I just pray for better, better days. Y'all understand what I mean when y'all see it, and when you do, DM me, email me, text me, do everything. Damn it, send a kite, you know, the bottle in the, the ocean, do whatever, and let's talk about it, because I thought it was an interesting choice. Maybe I'll lift the veil, uh, maybe on Monday. I'll give y'all the whole weekend to see it. Then on Instagram, I'll lift the veil. I'll give y'all some spoiler warnings, you know. And then let's talk about it, because I kind of want to talk about this movie. But now, what we really came to talk about, let's get into this Miss Marvel episode, which we don't really... It was a great episode, but we don't have a lot to touch on, because it was a short episode. Like, I would have thought... And it felt like a finale, which was super weird, but... It, the ending made you think, like, okay, we still got some shit to wrap up. So, I kind of like that. Miss Marvel is ranking pretty high on my list. Right now, like, depend, next week would determine a lot. But honestly, right now, I think they're number two on my list of Disney Plus shows. Of course, it's going to be hard for anything to beat WandaVision. WandaVision was just a fucking vibe, okay? But, you know, Miss Marvel, I think, is not a strong number two, like... Everything about this show from the way that they're like actually choosing to like display certain cultural aspects to the audience. I think they're nailing it perfectly. I love how they're using Bruno to like explain certain things to like the wide audience. Cause like, it's like your white ass don't get it. Let me explain it to you. So I love that. I love that there's this character is so relatable. I love the actress that they chose to play her. I love that it's not, super action driven and y'all know i love me some action stuff i love action movie i love a uh, good action scene all of that but i love that this is kind of character driven and i love that we haven't gotten really any kind of appearances yet at least because i kind of love that they focused this story on kamala and her becoming a superhero to me she's had one of the most realistic journeys of actually going from normal person to teenager. Like, if it was a movie, she'd get, like, a 15-minute montage, you know, of using her powers. Then it was time to go fight the bad guy. I love that we're really seeing her powers progress episode to episode and how she's really kind of, you know, she she learning it. I like it. I like how it's progressing. It feels natural to me. It feels right. It feels like if I had powers, this would be the rate that I would be learning how to use this stuff. I'd be trying different things and all. I, I like it. I like it. It's good stuff. Let's get into the actual episode. Remember, when we last left Kamala, it looked like she had like traveled back in the infamous, you know, in time to the infamous night where uh, they were trying to get on the train, you know, escape partition, you know, aka the story we heard about uh, in an early episode. The episode kicks off with basically like a news broadcast updating us on the events of partition. 
And no, I'm not talking about drive a roll up the partition, please. See, even though you can Google about the partition on Beyonce's internet, that is not what I'm speaking of, okay? Y'all need to open a damn book sometimes, okay? Damn, I mean, shit. They show the prime minister signaling a new India who is now out from the rule of raggedy-ass Britain. Listen, I'm sorry to all my UK listeners, but y'all know y'all used to be a little ragged in that child. Y'all used to have everybody in a grip hole, you know, colonizing for a reason. I'm just saying, and the word didn't just come out of nowhere. I'm just, you know what, let me move on. So once again, we're in 1942, like we were at the beginning of the episode where the clandestine found the bangle. We see Aisha running from a British soldier, but she turns around and throws that dagger right in his chest. We cut to a crowd of people listening to someone speak passionately about not giving up their land and allowing themselves to be ran away. Later, this same man who we found out is Hassan, a.k.a. Kamala's great-grandfather, sees Aisha sleeping, like, out in the forest under a tree, and uh, he awakens her and offers her food and shelter, you know, after she threatened him. <laughs> but she said, ah, ah, I don't even know you like that. I'm a motherfucking lady and you don't treat me like that. You're going to treat me like a woman in my Shanae voice, okay? I don't blame her because these men's be trying to run game, okay? Yeah, you may need some food and shelter, but is it worth it? That's the question. Is it worth it? Child, not me acting like a son and a good man, okay? <laughs> See, I'm too jaded. Let me move on. Hassan must have, like, put it on Aisha, though, because she stood out in the rain underneath them rose bushes until it became nighttime staring at that house. Then had the nerve to go inside and act like she didn't want any of that damn fresh fried food. I don't know what was going on, but I would have towed into it as hungry as I would have been. She comes to eat, and then he asked her a million questions, but it wasn't until he started, like, reciting a little poetry, you know, like flowetry, that he she started to open up a little bit. We see their progression into basically becoming a married couple, with Aisha becoming pregnant and giving birth to Kamala's Nani. We even see one scene where baby Nani, <laughs> not baby Nani, is playing with the bangle. Seems pretty dangerous, but hey, what is it? I mean, you know, it's a different day and age, okay? Anyway, someone comes to the house to bring them milk and vegetables. Aisha is incredibly thankful, but Hassan isn't because clearly he feels like this man and the others aren't on the right side of history. Hassan goes off on this dude and says that no one will sell them things in the village like the milk that he brought and then questions if it's because he's Muslim. I truly want to know like how many people learn about partition in school because I'm guessing that a lot of people are getting a crash course through this Marvel show. It's crazy, but it's amazing at the same time that some people like rely on learning new information and world history from scripted TV shows because one schools do their best to erase history. I digress, but also too, that a lot of these shows now are going above and beyond to actually put history into these shows. A la Watchmen in what? 2018. 19, 2018, yeah. Um, yeah, the way they talked a lot of people about the Tulsa Race Massacre for the first time, because a lot of them, you know, a lot of people did not know that that was a real event. Uh, yeah, boo-boo, it was. As the man leaves, Aisha is closing the door, but she sees Najma in the field and goes to her later in the evening. 
This is when we see that Najma is anxious to get home, but Aisha has like a whole life now here. She's like, look, girl, I you know, I got family, got kids to feed and all that. Kind of. Well, she didn't say that, but you know, I can read between the lines. So she makes up an excuse about hiding the bangle. Najma tells her, you got until tomorrow night or that's your ass, okay? She didn't say that, but I told you I can read between the lines. I read between the lines good. I'm trying to trying to help y'all go between, you know, a little behind the scenes of these Marvel shows. Y'all ain't ready for it, though. Aisha tries to get her family to flee the next day to escape Najma, basically. <laughs> but her son, like, you know, he needs a little convincing. Aisha tells Nani, let me stop calling her baby Nani. Her name is Sana, but I'm so used to calling her Nani now that I gotta gotta get over it. She uh, gives her the bangle for her own protection. Later, we cut to the train station, and as they're walking towards the train, Aisha shows Hassan the bagel. I keep wanting to say bagel. Maybe I'm hungry. I don't know, a little cream cheese. You know, I used to love back in the day when when I ate sweet stuff. I used to love me a little cheesecake cream cheese. You put it on that bagel or you go to Panera Bread. And, oh, see, I'm getting off topic. It, it, it don't matter. Gave her the bangle for protection. Uh, they go to the train station. Aisha actually shows Hassan the bangle for the first time and talks about its powers or its magic, as she calls it. He can't figure out why she's like finally telling him this after all this time. And she basically confesses that, you know, he knew something was wrong and that she was hiding something. She knows that she's not getting on that train. But I, it's what I gather from it is she's not getting on that train to leave tonight. And that Najma is basically going to kill her. It feels like she already knows how this is going to play out. They separate. You know, Hassan takes Sana while Aisha goes in a different direction. But Najma spots Aisha and takes that damn bangle from her and stabs her. Yeah! Somehow, while Hassan is trying to get on the train, Sana walks off and she's looking for her mama and she can't find her. Obviously, Lord, this is, whoo, this is a mess. I was scressed, okay? Scressed. S-K-R-E-S-S-E-D. Scressed. Somewhere in here, uh, <laughs> they show Aisha getting stabbed by Najma in kind of a, a last-ditch effort. Aisha holds on to the photo of her family and says their motto, what you seek is seeking you, which sort of like seems to activate the bangle. And this is when we cut to Kamala, who is also in this time period. Now, Kamala manages to find Aisha and tells her, the, you know, find Sana and get her on that train. This is when Kamala realizes that she needs to help get her on that train, just like in the story that we've been telling for years and years and years, The Trail of Stars. Side note, I know I'm not the only one that was kind of curious. I mean, just, I didn't think it was going to happen, but just a pinch, like, you know, you take a little salt, dab it on your food, salt bay. I was just a little bit curious if America Chavez was going to pop up at some point, I know y'all are like, what the fuck? But when I hear like star shaped, I think about her portals that were used to open entries into other dimensions in the multiverse. I know that's so random, but y'all know our minds going to a million different places when we're theorizing about these shows. So every time I hear the star, I was like, I wonder like maybe our version, the MCU version of the young Avengers is going to feature both Kamala Khan and America Chavez. Like, I don't get, I mean, it's possible. It still could, even though she went on this episode, but I don't know. It's just something to think about. I'm always thinking about random shit. It don't have nothing to do with nothing, but if she would have popped up, y'all would have felt crazy, huh? Kamala finds Sana and rushes to get her back on the train. 
she spots Hassan and needs to get her to him. She's like, okay, I can't do stars, but look, girl, I can do some circles, okay? So Kamala starts creating her little heart-like circles, but she gets bumped and Sana ends up falling off of them. But this is when we see Sana, you remember she got a little piece of bangle her damn self, uh, starts to make her own like star-shaped heart light and makes her way to Hassan herself. Suddenly, Kamala's bracelet starts lighting up all over again and pop click it in. She's back in her normal time. I told I know y'all like those sound effects. I, 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 I know y'all do. I'm not gonna stop doing them, so don't tell me to, okay? This is when we start to see the veil that we learned about in the last episode starting to open. The clandestine are geeked that the veil is open. So my good melanated sis in a clandestine tries to go through first and gets turned into stone and bones, okay? It's just like Phaedra said, um, dirt and grass. That's what she got turned into, okay? Kamala tells Kareem, aka Red Dagger, to help get the innocent people out of here. And then she has to try to convince Najma that clearly this ain't gonna work. I mean, you just saw homegirl turning to stone and blood and ash and shit, right? Like, I wasn't the only one that saw that. Kamala mentions Cameron, and Najma realizes that she can actually close it. And child, I don't know what happens, but like, she says Cameron's name and like either her soul or her essence or her power, something goes into him and now his powers are awoken. Remember, I told you Cameron in the comics is an inhuman name, new human. Watching this is almost like witnessing an inhuman kind of being exposed to like the Terrigen mist. It all works though, because the veil ends up closing and Najma turns into stone and blood, just like all good melanated cysts. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. We we got a lot to set up for next episode, so we'll see what happens with him. This whole time, Kamala's mama is stressing, but learns about the Find My Phone app, uh, app or feature or whatever from Kamala's cousins. What's funny about that damn scene is that Nani compares losing her dog once <laughs> to Muniba losing uh Kamala, and she suggests that you know she gets Kamala microchipped. I know you fucking lying. Child, don't give these folks out here no damn ideas. You know how many people in toxic-ass relationships would try to microchip their partners if they could? You uh, Listen, you out here trying to cheat in peace like Martell Holt or Tristan Thomas or somebody, and you got a damn microchip in your chest and Khloe Kardashian or Melody Holt pop up in your damn hotel room every time you're trying to cheat in peace and interrupt your cheating? Child, anyway, let me move on. Uh, Muniba and Nani pop up on Kamala right right after the fight and basically confirms that Kamala is quote unquote nightlight. You know, the, the hero that's all over YouTube child. Hopefully they hurry up and come up with a new name because that ain't it. The family usually doesn't find out like the secret this early, but I'm guessing this is going to be a good thing going forward since she probably has to like go off world for a while with Carol Danvers and you know, she got to go through space and time and stuff. So I'm guessing that'd be a lot easier to convince her mom about if she actually knows that her daughter is a superhero and can take care of herself. Before they leave, Kamala uses her heart light to go up to the second floor and talk to Kareem one last time. She got to make sure that, you know, her third option <laughs> is good before she returns to America to her other two options. I know that's right, Kamala Khan. You better, you better show him how it's done. You better be like Ek and Sue on Love Island. That's how I like it, okay? He gives her the red cloth that he uses to cover his face, and now Kamala has like yet another piece of her costume coming together. 
Couple that with Muniba finding like her broken chain with uh, like the inspiration of the symbol on her chest for the costume. See, bada boom, bada bam, bada bam. We we got this costume coming together. I like it. Now one of y'all just need to get good at sewing and baby, y'all y'all in action. Okay, I love that this trip to Karachi worked out perfectly for literally all the relationships because now Muniba and Sana have their like great relationship again because they've been estranged for so long. And now Kamala and Muniba have a better relationship too. I love that y'all know that that mama-daughter relationship. It'd be, whoo, it's a bugaboo. I can tell y'all firsthand from having to having to witness it my whole life, child. Ooh, let me let me not spill nobody tea, okay? Side note. I wonder if we're actually going to get Red Dagger coming to New Jersey next week, like in a post credit scene. Because, you know, he does wind up like living with Kamala's family. By Red Dagger, you know, I mean Kareem, who gave her the, the red bandana this episode. I wonder if he's going to end up coming to New Jersey and kind of being a part of the fold. Like, you know, the way that uh, Katie is with Shang-Chi. I wonder if she's going to kind of be in the, he's going to be in a mix of things with the Avengers too. I don't know. I just, just something to ponder. You know, we like to ponder over here, okay? We cut back to New Jersey where Bruno is taking out the trash and Cameron pops up on his ass from behind the dumpster saying that he didn't know where else to go. Child, Cameron goes upstairs with Bruno and finally finds out that their damn boy name is indeed Bruno and not Brian. I know we don't talk about him, but if we're going to be staying with him rent free and his Nona too, you got to at least talk about Bruno a little bit. You got to know his name is Bruno. Like, we might not talk about Bruno, no, 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 but you got to talk about his ass at some point, okay? Cameron insists that he uh, stay there and not go anywhere because Najma will come looking for him. Child, you go tell him, or am I? Like, somebody got to tell the child. Cameron, you know, he insists on staying. Bruno tells him to hang it up, flat screen. Najma ain't checking for you, chump. As they begin to bond, though, they notice a drone outside of the window, obviously belonging to the Department of Damage Control. Child, Cameron uses them new powers and destroys it, but Damage Control blows up the whole damn building. This ending scene leads me to a theory, one that I can't believe I didn't mention previously, but now I am pumped! For this finale because I want to see if it comes true. So long story short, Bruno in the comics is no stranger to an explosion, okay? He caused one himself that actually left half of his body paralyzed, but he was able to walk again thanks to the help of one of his friends that he meets in school. So let me diverge for a minute. What other MCU white boy <laughs> do we know that needed to be rehabilitated and went somewhere and was completely cured? Give me a second. Dun, 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 dun. Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier. And where did he go? He went to Wakanda, baby. Okay. Bruno in the comics, well, Bruno on the show, gets accepted into a semester long program at uh, UCLA. But in the comics, he gets accepted into a program in Wakanda and his friend Quezzy creates this like uh, this like body brace for him. And guess what's in the brace that he makes for him? Vibranium, bitch. OK, will we finally get a nod to Wakanda forever in this show? I don't know, but I feel like it's been going on too long that we haven't even talked about Wakanda 
I don't like that. We've all been waiting on pins and needles. And if Bruno winds up going to Wakanda, that's T, okay? Quezzy almost got Bruno fucked up, though, from stealing that uh, vibranium because, you know, Wakandans don't play about their vibranium. I'm curious to see how this plays out. I want to see it all. If, oof, I will be gutted in this finale if we end up getting a reference. Like, you know, at the end of Black Panther, they went and they created that uh, outreach center, basically, in California. So maybe that, maybe he will go to the program, but it'll just be in America instead of in Wakanda. I don't know. But I will be gutted if we get a reference. Because, you know, we're we're closing in now. We're about four months out from Wakanda forever. And that's usually around the time we get, like, our first teaser trailer. So I'm kind of ready to see what's going on. I will be gutted if they make a mention Whew, to the fallen king of Wakanda. I won't know what to do with myself. Y'all have to come pick me up off this damn flow. Socks gonna be licking me. It's gonna be a whole mess, child. Anyway, we got a finale next week, y'all. I have really high hopes for it. Miss Marvel is sitting pretty on my list of Marvel Disney Plus shows. I want to hear from y'all. Where does it sit on y'all's? Let me know. Send me a voice message. Send me a kite. I don't give a damn. Send me a letter in the mail. Send it all. I want to hear from you, okay? But until next week, I'll sat through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple podcast or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.